Welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. This is episode 78, and today we're going to do probably another first in the podcasting world. While we're podcasting, Jim and I are going to cut down a big ash tree that is threatening my gnomish workshop. I'm just up here uh, cleaning around the base of this tree with a machete. Um, so there's some knife content right off the bat for you. Jim is wrestling a rope down there because he didn't coil it right, I suspect, but don't tell him that. Okay, so now Jim's uh, got me climbing up this tree to uh, attach a rope here. I'm going to hand the recorder to him real quick. See if we can accomplish this without too much craziness. Yeah, so we're saying basically, hey, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, right. Climb this tree. Watch this. Yeah. This is going to be funny because what's going to happen is his uh, the the rope that he's climbing up the tree with, he's going to tie it on his belt, and, and it's going to pull his pants down. Because <laughs> he's just a waif. Yeah, I'm wasting away here. But before, when I used to haul ass, I'd have to make two trips. He's he's a... Um, what's going to happen to Kyle very quickly is he's going to turn sideways and stick his tongue out. You're going to think he's a zipper. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I can get the greatest purchase on this. Uh, to climb. You climb there. the one next to it. And then, and then throw it up over that lamp, limb. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out another you, way. Do you, have a, do you have a ladder? Uh, I have one, but it's not near tall enough. So uh, we could try it. I'm not climbing this. You want, you want me to carve steps in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so he was worried about his pants falling off. I can see that right now. I got a belt on, and it can't fall off. It's attached to the belt, not to my pants. <laughs> I'll go get the ladder. <laughs> I didn't record any of that. That was brilliant. <laughs> so... Jim and I are having kind of a comedy of uh, mishaps here. I thought I had a ladder, and as it turns out, I didn't. Um, but that's no big deal. We uh, had the rope and put a ankle anchor shackle on it and tossed it up over a limb. I'm just trimming up a, a little maple pole sapling thing that I had to take down. Uh, I've got this cheap piece of shit Gerber machete that someone gave me, and it's already all bent up and stuff. It cuts pretty well until you, like, bend the blade when you hit it. <laughs> uh, more in a bit here. So, we have a rope tied around the tree here, and it's connected uh, to Jim's truck, the other end of it. And we're pulling on the tree in the hopes that it can't fall onto my gnomish workshop. So, tight? yeah, that's pretty tight. We'll okay, see. Tell your kids we'll get a zip line. Yeah, right. Actually, you probably could zip line on that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Oh. 
Jim cutting down a couple little saplings that were in the way. So here goes. He's cutting a notch at the base of the tree uh, on the side that you want it to fall to. He's making a back cut. Timber! It is moving, ladies and gentlemen. It's moving. It was moving. Yeah. We can probably, you want to back up or do you want to cut more? Or? Okay. There it goes. It's really going. Leaning heavily now. Hey, I think it's kind of wanting to go uh, into that tree there and onto my shed. Nope, we're going to stop that. Okay, so now Jim is going to back up with his... Uh, watch out! Precarious situation here, ladies and gentlemen. Tree. Now Jim is going to back up with his uh, vehicle and hopefully pull this... Uh, in the direction we want it to go. Tremendous noise. Tremendous, as you heard. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a podcast first. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. Jim and I have uh, successfully knocked the tree down. Knocked the tree down. There was some drama at the end. Um, all of this worked out okay. I've already started uh, stacking up wood from this. I have some finish up work to do. And then it started raining because every day since I moved here, it rains every other day. <laughs> It's like the rainforest. Is this it's becoming uh, the rainforest? Right, but is this normal? Every other day it rains, <clears throat> no. like literally every other day. No. Okay. So there is no normal Michigan weather. There has to be something that you would expect. This has to be either in the usual or out of the usual for what you've grown up with. Um. <clears throat> every other day, literally since I moved here. I know, but some years it's like that. Some years we get frost every month. Okay. I mean, hard hard freezes all, every month of the year. Right. Some years, you get actually get snow flurries every month of the year. Right. So the problem is is that we're surrounded completely by water, mm-hmm. and especially where I'm at. I'm basically on a peninsula jutting out into Lake Michigan, and there's really... You just are never going to know about the, about <coughs> the water in that area. 
and what is and, and the water temperature is not seem does not seem to be warming up as quickly as as what people think it is. Um, I was diving last week and it was 42 degrees right on the surface. Well, so anyway, we we cut the tree down. I have some finished work to do that I'll probably get done tomorrow. And a lot of nice firewood there. Yeah, some ash. You ought to see if you make some ash handles. Well, there's nothing left really to do that with. I suppose I could save some of the upper limbs and stuff. But anyway, um, point being, uh, we've uh, we've successfully felled the tree. I have some cleanup work to do tomorrow. Uh, We had. We went to a couple antique stores because that's like the thing to do around here. Uh, and then we had some dinner and some deep dish pizza. We like to have the connection to the past. Right. I think that's the, I think that's the antique. There's actually a lot of antique shops up here. Oh, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And, uh, but anyway, at any rate, uh, then when we got home, uh, Jim and family pay, played uh, Farkle, which is a nerd game. If you haven't played it, you should try it. <laughs> no, it's a Kentucky, it's a it's a Mississippi riverboat game. Yeah, well, that's actually <laughs> true. And uh, so I'm I'm very slowly but surely indoctrinating him and his uh, lovely wife into nerd games. I'm hoping to push their envelope even more the next time they come down. Then we had some deep dish pizza and soup and salad. Which, by the way, was extremely good. Very good. Almost as good as Lou Melnati's. Oh, God. No. <laughs> well, okay, so whatever. Anyway. Um, and you know I'm just kidding. Right, and now we're sitting on the uh, porch and we're joy- enjoying a uh, La Aroma de Cuba uh, cigars. Uh, cut with my Spyderco Paramilitary 2, which was a sprint run with an orange G10 handle. And it's a very nice knife. And the, uh, <coughs> these these are some of my favorite cigars, actually. I just love these things. Now, uh... Did you we, cut yours already? What's this? Did you cut it already? Cut what? Your yeah, I did. Yeah, I cut my cigar. So this has got that back lock. Yeah, it's this crazy thing. Why don't you tell them what it is? Well, it's a it's a uh, liner lock, but it unlocks on the on the top side. And I'm sure that Spyderco has an official name for this. Uh, but they've got a couple locks that are similar to this that latch up different ways. Very strong lock, nice, nicely executed. Yeah. Virtually no blade play in it, so it's really well done. And that's an old knife carried a lot and used a lot. And this is uh, this is one that's not imported. So no, it was a sprint run. Yeah. Like they made that. They made like a hundred of those or whatever. Yeah. Nice handle. Nice. It's it's. This is a nice knife. Yeah. <coughs> and it's what is the metal? It's uh. CTS XHP. I have no idea what that is. You just you just named a bunch of letters and numbers, which means nothing to mm-hmm. me. All I know is that it stayed sharp, and I've used the shit out of that knife. And it is sharp. It's very nice. Right. The fit and finish on that is amazing. Well, what's nice about it is it's ambidextrous. 
Yeah. You know, you and it's carried tip up, tip down, doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't that you can't change from side to side is the way the back lock is done. Right. Right. But you, but you don't care about that. Right. Like honestly, it it makes absolutely it's no your, difference. It's your pushing your thumb one way or the other. Right. It and matter. it and it just really depends. Uh, <coughs> really, what you're hoping for is that the the clip is reversible. Right. And you never have to really be in an, have an emergency. Knife closing. No, no. Who cares? Yeah, it should never. You should never be in that mode where you're like, oh my god, I gotta get my knife closed. Hurry up! Yeah, well, even <laughs> even if you're in that mode, like you you carry that knife enough, and you're never even gonna think. Yeah, you're not gonna even notice it. Yeah, it's nicely put together. Yeah, I'm I'm a very big fan of the Spyderco Paramilitary too. But if you can get your hands on a sprint run of whatever, see, I like the orange ones in case I drop it. Yeah, I tend to get very attached to my knives, which is why I'm still kind of pining away over the uh, Chris Reeves Sabenza 21 that left-handed that is somewhere in my house. You'll find it. It'll show up. Or the movers have a nice knife. Oh God, they stole. Well, they didn't steal it. Now, come on. I need to be fair. They they somehow drove off back. with my uh, ladder, which is fine. It was like a one of those cheap-ass wood ladders. Who cares? And those guys did such a good job, I don't care. Um, yeah, but if you found out that they took your Sabenza, that would be... Yeah, I would be I would be fairly pissed if they'd walked off with my left-handed Sabenza. So, so why wasn't it with your other knives? I don't know. I always kept it in this one drawer, and I packed that drawer all at once, and I went back to that box and unpacked that box, and the knife wasn't in there. Hmm. So it has to be somewhere. Hmm. When you unpacked it, did you just dump it into the drawer? No, I, I took it like piece by piece very carefully hmm. and, and went through everything in there, and it just wasn't in there. I don't know what to tell you. I, hmm. You know... Um, Anyway, uh, so far this is fairly typical Michigan weather for me. You get a couple hours of blue sky, and uh, then it's overcast for a while, then it rains for a while. And just uh, wait till wintertime comes. Well, <laughs> wintertime is like you get up at 5 o'clock, it's dark. Yeah. You go to work at 7, it's still dark. Mm-hmm. You walk into your office at eight. It's still dark. <laughs> you stay till five and leave, and it's, and it's dark. still dark. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's then they the give way. you daylight savings time, and you then guys you are, actually where I live now is exactly at the same north south uh, whatever as Minneapolis. Right, and Minneapolis was only three hours north of where I lived, and and actually it was more like two hours north. Yeah. Uh, because an hour of that was traveling east. So, listen, we're basically... Um, I would have lived two two hours south of where I currently live, which is not a huge difference. It's not that Yeah, different. but I live two hours north of here, so maybe that's what I'm kind yeah, of Yeah, so Jim is, Jim's experience is a little different. He, he would have lived four hours north of where I lived in Iowa. Yeah. Um, so it'd be an hour north of Minneapolis, two hours north of Minneapolis. You'd be two hours north of Minneapolis, yeah. which would be in very northern Minnesota. Yeah. 
you're in a different realm when even from Minneapolis to north of there it's a different realm and even from Minneapolis to where I lived they got a lot more snow oh yeah yeah. You know, so it was a well, different they get, world. they get a lot of brutal cold, too, there. Yeah, but we did, too. I mean, we got yeah. we got absolutely cornholed because of the Canadian jet stream every yep. year. Um, well, the global warming people were just basically saying that it was because of something else, and no, we had this polar vortex thing that was caused by global warming. Yeah, do you remember that? Like, two years ago, we just got absolutely... <laughs> Hammered by the yeah, it was like <laughs> when forty you, feet of snow. When you like <clears throat> grab a cat and you pet it the wrong way, yep, that's what Jim and I were like. We were that cat just <laughs> being handled, <laughs> just being handled and fur rubbed the wrong way and everything, and like that evil look that those cats get on their face. That's how Jim and I were from that polar vortex. This is <laughs> not last winter, but the winter before. <laughs> we had uh, when I went to PWYP that year. I had to dig out my trailer out of a because uh, I brought my 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 prowler down there. Yeah. And I had to dig my trailer out. I had to get the neighbor with his tractor to come out to dig it out because there was like eight foot snowbanks. Yeah. Covering the trailer up for reals. Yeah, and and it was in that was in April. It, it snows we, like two hundred inches of snow up we, there every year, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, it's like two hundred plus. Yeah. Inches, inches, people. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> we had we had uh, we had snow in the, till like mid May, like maybe the third week of May. We still had snow piles. Yeah, yeah. That was the year that we had snow on May eighth. Yeah, which which well, is we had, yeah that's right. Unusual. We had a big storm. We had a big yeah. Storm. We had a storm that day too because mm-hmm. it hit us too. But you, get, it's way different up here. There's way more moisture. Yeah. Like this is seriously. A rainforest. This, this is well, and and to be fair, this is about as wet as I've as it's been in a while. I, I in recent memory, recent years, I don't remember this much rain. This, I mean, hell, we had like four days of rain last week, and, and yeah, it's every and other not, day, and not uh, and not little, just little drops. I mean, we, this was pretty light tonight, but yeah, we, this we was had nothing. This was misting. Man, we had last week. We had a freaking torrential downpour. And yeah, like every other day, mm-hmm. it's like real rain. Like and every an day, and a half. every day it'll mist a little bit. Yeah, like there'll be a time where the uh, a cloud passes over, it gets dark for five minutes, it rains a little bit, and then the cloud flies over. But yep. that's being surrounded by lakes. Yeah, honestly, yep. you, uh, it's like in southern Florida. At four o'clock every day, it rains for an hour, and then it blows off, and yep. it's beautiful again. Only it's more predictable down there. Yeah, this will this will pass, and it could be it could be one of those winter summers too where it doesn't get very warm. I mean, we've had uh, Kathy and I have been living up here for like 25 years, and we've had um, I could pretty much say that we've seen almost all the gambit of the different weather patterns. From year to year, how they change because everything's like in a 35-year cycle. Yeah, where you can you can have extremely cold winters. We're we're cycling back to where um, it was about the late 70s, where they had so much snow up here it wasn't funny. Yeah, you know there were seasons when there was winters back in the in the uh, mid 70s and the late 70s when you had snow up to the power lines. 
So we're sitting here on my front porch. Uh, Smoking a very, very nice cigar. Yeah, I, I have I'm going to take this label because I keep, I keep these. Yeah, these are good. This is, this is absolutely... So what I look for in a cigar, I don't need like this 12-inch freaking monster look-at-me cigar. I want a fairly short cigar with a big ring gauge. Yeah. The, and for the stuff that I can get legally... I like the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Atoro Fuente was one of the refugees from Cuba after mm-hmm. um, after the communists the communists took everything. Right, right. And uh, he 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 fled to, to the Dominican Republic, and he was the first the first guy to ever really grow wrappers outside of Cuba, and was very successful at it. Yeah. And and to this day, if you want a really good cigar that's legal to, to buy, you can't go wrong with without with Fuentes. Well, and honestly, this cigar that we're smoking now, on our last podcast, we had Monte Cristo number twos, mm-hmm. real ones. Mm-hmm. I I prefer this legal cigar to the one that I had last week. Mm. I love I, these <coughs> these Dominican. Produce cigars. Right. They're just fantastic. Right. Ashton is a great one that you can you can get um, widely available. Uh, they all went to the Dominican Republic, and what you're buying there, there's nothing magic about Cuba. It's fucking 20 miles away. It's not like the climate right. is so much different. Right. What you're buying is the expertise of the people who are growing the tobacco, right. selecting the tobacco, and making the actual cigars. All mm-hmm. those people left Cuba. Because Cuba is fucking communist, yep. and nobody wants to live there. Well, they took all there. their farms. Yeah, they, they took literally everything. took all their farms. They took. That's why it was kind of interesting when, when they talk about opening up the trades back up. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out with Monte Cristo and and Ooh, because tufted titmouse on my feeder right now, people. Wouldn't you agree that's yes, a tufted titmouse? That's correct. Yep. Sorry. Um, That's correct, and it's unusual to see them on a feeder. Usually you see them eating ants on a tree. Yeah, they, they puck, peck around and stuff. Although I could be wrong. That looks bigger than a tufted titmouse, but it's the same exact shape. They look like a cardinal, only gray. Right. No, that's what that is. Whoa. Yeah, okay, that's his butt. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's a tufted titmouse, but it's slightly morphologically different from the ones that we had in Iowa. Ours well, they're smaller. Everything's bigger here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the rhubarb, I can tell you. The rhubarb you is rhubarb, huge. The rhubarb here, the stuff that you're going to grow is as big around as your wrist. Isn't that amazing? Four reels. Yes, that's no kidding. That, that is... Yeah, uh, and actually, we need to go out tomorrow and harvest, and I and harvest everything. What, what it, what's interesting about the rhubarb when it gets... It's, Kathy doesn't like it when it's that big. She says it gets too stringy. Well, you just cook it longer. Right. And and I don't mind it. I, I turn I it, eat it into raw. sauce. I, I eat it raw. Well, me too. I love yeah. it. Turn and it into sauce, though. Then you, you don't care. When you put up rhubarb, that actually, you can put that up in it because you're going to cook it anyways. Yeah, and it'll just freeze, freeze it. and then thaw and yep. be fine. Yeah, you just put it in a, just put it in a, cut it up and put it in a, remember one year I, I, we took all of our, I mean, we had, in our old house, we had like five of these, six of these, those kind of plants. Rot, rot. And so we had like tons and tons of rhubarb all the time. <clears throat> well, when we moved, we took two two clumps and we brought them up. And I wasn't sure that they were going to 
they were going to do well because our soil is a little sandier than it was at the other place. And uh, but they're doing great, and and we have big heaps. Yeah. I mean, they're back. They have, but that's a somebody told me that that's like a really old variety that does that. Yeah, the stuff that I've got here is an old Michigan variety. Now it'll be interesting to see because we brought all of our rhubarb from Iowa and all of my horseradish, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what these plants do here. Yeah. All I can tell you is is that. Jim and Kathy don't get it because they've only ever lived in Michigan. <laughs> I've lived all over the fucking United States. I'm telling you, the produce here is so much better than any produce you would ever get anywhere else. I think, and it's, I think it's the growing season. And well, actually, most of the plants, these people are going to go to their local greenhouse or their, not necessarily their greenhouse, maybe they'll go to Walmart. The plant that is in Walmart where you live was grown in Michigan. All right. What's like, interesting... The climate here is crazy. It's a... it's a, it's a, a. This is a rainforest. And, and we have a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of greenhouses here. Yeah. And the other thing that happens up here that's kind of unique is, obviously, the beer... The whole beer craze. The, oh, yeah. The, the microbrews. That all started in Michigan. Okay, now, you realize that we could literally walk five yeah. minutes through my woods and be at the Jolly Pumpkin, yep. which is the best beer... In the world. Ever, huh? And I'm sorry. Like, yep. listen, I'm, I've am i been all over the world. You I know what your beer it. is. <laughs> yeah, I've had it everywhere. The Jolly Pumpkin is the best. And it's literally, I can walk five minutes from my house. Well, as a clo- and you know what's, pro- what's, pro- what's pro- comical guys. about that is you can, there's microbrews like that all over. Everywhere. All over. I mean, all literally over. ever. Yeah, you, this is just the one that's closest every to Every town, house. almost every town is now has two or three microbrews. It's it. like Germany. Yeah. Yep, because that, and, that's and the way all, Germany is. And, it's, and they're all, um, whether you want to call it designer beers or whatever, <clears throat> but that, that craze really started in Michigan. I think we have more microbrews than any other state in the Union. I, probably. I would have to say that it was more than likely a field change, meaning that everything changed all at once, because it was going on at the same time it was going here. It's just that Michigan does it better. And There's probably... I'll bet you there's a dozen breweries within 20 miles of here. Oh, gosh, yes. There was, this weekend, there was a, uh, you know, there's a... A beer paddle. Right. <laughs> so there's a... Uh, there's I saw a, that. Kathy said, yeah, that doesn't sound like a very safe thing to do, to be well, drinking and right. paddling down the, kayaks. You know, I'm sure they had some motorboats following along. But anyway, in uh, Traverse City, uh, so Traverse City is right on uh, Lake Michigan, obviously. Well, there's a river that empties into Lake Michigan that runs through Traverse City and it kind of curves around. And there was a thing where uh, you could paddle up that river and pass six different breweries. And Jim and I had some work to do, some business to take care of and stuff. And I'm still getting my feet on the ground around here. I have a kayak. You know, I'm fairly confident at it. But just, there's only so much you can do, right? Right. And so... Anyway, that's that's what he's talking about. Is this great? Yeah, it was like a big. It was like a big, uh, a big to do. It looked like yeah. they were going to have a lot of people. And and I, there is nowhere that I have ever lived that has more little tiny little family run restaurants, family run microbreweries, all this stuff than here. But and good ones. 
good. You know, one of the things that beyond beyond what you would ever expect. This is a they have amazing food, amazing. One of the things that they're that's a real big deal up here is is farm to table. Yeah, that's one of the things that that is very very popular here, and they're really. The restaurants are really taking advantage of the small family type farms. My my kids' school is only farm to table. Yep. I, my school for my kids that I'm going to send them to next year is a public school that's a mile north of where we live, and I will figure out a geographic route so they have to walk uphill both ways. <laughs> I will figure it out because I live on the ridge on the peninsula. <laughs> so anyway, the school that they're going to go to is a public school. They only have only have yeah. available farm table stuff. Yep. That's a big that's a big deal up here. I mean, yeah. it's uh, you know, there's a lot of all of the any of the high end restaurants now do and what and what they do and it's I really love how they do this. They have small limited menus. Yeah. And whatever happens to be available, they make a dish around it. Right, and they change and it's, whether it. it's asparagus or or. They Cucumbers, change it, yeah, they, they change, change it, it all based, the time. And that's the way Charlie Trotter's was in Chicago, and that's why I love Charlie Trotter's. Mm-hmm. Last time we ate there, I hated it, and then he retired like a week later. You no, know, that's a, um, you know, you know who's, who believes that is um, Gordon Ramsay. Everybody yeah, says Gordon Ramsay is like a real asshole, go, you know, but I yeah, guess but his still, food is pretty yeah, amazing. You, and that's the thing, is like, if you and I go to a grocery store, how do I shop? Yeah. I see what they have that's really good, and yep. then we decide yep. at the store what we're going to have that yep. night. Like, what can I get? Okay, this is this, and we're going to make this out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way you probably should do it, yep. because that's the way our ancestors did it. Whatever yep. was in season, that's well, yeah, what actually, you ate. you know, that's the way they do it in Italy. A lot of Europeans yeah, do and it everywhere, that way. everywhere. Um, I remember when my my uncle was a, was a um, he was on the board of directors of Xerox, and mm-hmm. he was uh, he was president of what was called Rank Xerox, which was Xerox Worldwide. Right. And he lived in England for uh, five or six years. And when he got there, nobody had refrigerators. This is back in the 70s. Nobody had refrigerators in England. It was not a common thing. He had to order them from another country to get a refrigerator. Yeah, because they, everybody marketed the same day they Same day and then ate it. And On then the way home whatever from it was, work, they picked out whatever yep. they And that's the way... My wife and I have always done it that way. Yep. We shop for whatever we can get that day. Yep. Occasionally, we will buy a day or two in advance. Yep. But by and large, we pick up our stuff that day, yep. that day and eat it. Now, this brings up another interesting topic that has been uh, boiling over on my Facebook page. And Jim and I have talked back and forth. And I've, uh, I've got personal experience with it and but it's been so long I don't remember everything but anyway I live smack ass in the country right now I can walk out on my porch and pee all over the place I can walk out on my porch and shoot guns off nobody's going to care okay one of the great pleasures you will ever have in life is an egg from a chicken who has been clucking around free, never in a cage, just walks around and does its own thing. Okay, yep. uh, and so fresh eggs are like right. These incredible. are the eggs, and, and this is this is kind of what I grew up with. We had chickens, we had all this stuff, but you know you kind of lose some of that when you live in cities for twenty years. Right, and now uh, 
So there's this place right down the road from me that has chickens, and it's literally, it's a barn, a horse barn. That's a horse barn. And then on one of the uh, horse doors, there's a vertical slot milled into the wood, and then there's this cheap-ass refrigerator next to it. And if you get there early enough in the morning, you can put three hundred or $3 through that slot and grab a dozen farm fresh eggs. Um, I need to have a predictable supply, so I'm calling on our listeners. Okay? I know... To chicken or not to chicken? I know that we have listeners who want to weigh in on this chicken topic. Okay, I've had chickens before, all this stuff, and I've, I've crowdsourced some of it on the Facebook page. Uh, I am interested in having chickens. Jim says that I need to get this huge dog. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I can Chase off the coyotes. <laughs> right. But, now, here's the thing that speaks to what you're saying. This guy came and, and uh, shot some photos of me the other day, doing some stuff, and he is a chicken raiser. And he was telling me that in the middle of the day, occasionally in the spring when the animals have pups and stuff, and you know the bobcats and whatnot have young, they will blatantly come out into your chicken yard in the middle of the day and snatch a chicken. <laughs> They're bastards like that, right? And so you you kind of you either have to time it so that your chickens are very young then, and you're always going to have them locked up. Or you have to have a guard well, dog, or and something. you know, and you know there are <clears throat> there are people that will build in a fenced in enclosure, right? And then they move the enclosure around, so they free range inside yeah, of the yeah, enclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is called a tractor cage. Yeah, because yep. you pull it around and yep. stuff. But I'm not doing that. I want yard chickens. Yeah. I don't want to fuck around. <clears throat> that's I don't what have, we always have. I don't have a lot of chicken experience, except I love eggs. Oh, and I'm freaking. It's ten times. Listen, people. If you've not had a farm fresh egg, you need to go. And actually, a lot of every them, everywhere you live, you will be able to find this. But don't buy it at your grocery store. Right. Find the guy that has the right. yard. Right. That that's. But you know what? We have it. we we do have a um, uh, we do have a food co-op in Petoskey, and I know you have one down here. Oh yeah. Um, that that does have fresh eggs all the time. They they because they have some of their producers. What they do is they you have to do something with the temperature and the light, and you can keep your chickens yeah, laying year-round. Yeah, this is what round. this guy said, is that you have to put lights on yep. them on the winter, yep. but he gives yep. his a break. Yep. And and so there's there's farmers that do that, and they... they so there is a supply of, of fresh eggs, at, but you got to go to one of those places that has access to those guys, unless right. you have one that lives up the road. I mean, your guy up the road might... Be like that. Yeah, you might have like you know, like my, like my supply. Enough. I have two supplies, and um, one of them is uh, is my friend Dan, and he's got you know I get eggs for two bucks a, a dozen from him, and I buy six dozen he, at a time. He offered me yep. chickens, laying hens. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, he's got he's got bazillions of them. Oh, I know, but that was <coughs> very nice. He, of him. he oh yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's got some exotic ones. So, like, if you have eggs at my house, you could end up with, like, a blue we egg or green, green eggs. <laughs> yeah. Not not the insides, but the outside, the outside shells are, like, green. green. Yeah. Like green, like my propane tank. Yep. Green. Yep. And then they have, yeah. And then they have they have some that are blue. They have some that are green. They have some that are pink. And it's it's because they got some kind of exotic uh, exotic yeah. bird that has, like, an afro or a... They, some yeah, they have, have like, a wreath around their neck. <laughs> Yeah, like these birds, like they and they they cluck around. Yep. they're so proud, so yep. proud. Yep. 
but uh, but the, so so but he doesn't do that because his he says it's not worth uh, um, he says it's not worth the extra expense of having the lights on in the wintertime. Yeah, and then and then you got to wash them. If you're going to bring them to a store, they have to be washed yep. a certain way. Yep. There's a lot of stuff. My my eggs come raw, and then I just wash them. I, yep. I don't care. Um, now see, he washes all mine. Now, if Jim had stayed overnight tonight, <laughs> he would have had farm yeah, fresh get... eggs from right down the road. I have farm fresh eggs right down the road. Well, and they oh. cluck around, though. And okay. this is Put these us are eggs by my house. i, I got to take this. Okay. We're going we're gonna to pause it momentarily, people. Hello? gentleman but he owned zero knives and I'm guessing he passed away and they're they're doing some kind of auction uh, to, to help benefit his family I guess uh, I think you should uh, check it out on Facebook zero knives and uh, they're, they're like I said they're having some kind of auctions of knives uh, he was a fairly young young person I guess when he passed away I hope I got that story correct uh, this is this is the story as I as I understand it. I think it, you know if you're interested in the knife world and you want to help fellow knife nut out and their family because uh, as soon as this attention goes away, you know that's it. That's it. And so imagine yourself in the same situation. Your your family gets a, a bunch of attention for a while and then all of a sudden it all goes away. So. Uh, go ahead and if if you want to um, check out uh, Zero Knives and and uh, send them some love. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, Martin Knives. Martin Knives. Did you see that new Rambo knife? Yeah. Oh God. Yes. He's killing. He me. made he made that special for you. <sighs> He made that special for you. No, he didn't. He was going to sell it at Blade Show. But at any rate, uh, my number is coming up. <laughs> it's not going to be long. You're not going to be able to hold out. I'm, he keeps tossing that kind of eye candy up your I know, but I may, cave. I may have just sold a house. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm having that knife. Because to me... It means way more to me to have one from Martin Knives at this point, because they're still alive and I know them. Right. Then it would mean for me to get one from Jimmy Lyle, because I would probably actually use the Martin Knives one. I would if I if I had a Jimmy Lyle, it would go into my safe and it would just stay there forever. 
and it, you know, I you know, I, I might, one that I might I do use. one of my designs and turn it into a hollow handle. You should work with Martin Knives yeah, on that. I'm thinking about that. We, I've been thinking about that. We've been. You should do a collab with them. <laughs> we we have um. I just finished up my third family. Um. Three knives in each family. One knife is the um, uh, the forest family. One one family is called the forest family. Right. There's three knives in that. There's a there's a medium, a small, and a large. Then I have the cruiser family, and there's going to be a medium, small, and a large in that. And then the third family, I haven't quite figured out the name of it yet. If it's going to be, you know, the camp family, I've had a couple suggestions of of, of a, a vagabond family. Um, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a pretty slick knife. I made one. I made one. Actually, you might want to call it the prototype. I made it in 2008, and it's a knife that a lot of you guys have seen on the side of my pack. Yeah. And everybody kind of goes crazy about that that one particular knife. It's going to be. Uh, um, that's actually going to. That's one of them is going to be made here pretty quick. Uh, it's going to be made out of 1095. Nice. And it's going to be high polished. Yeah, so you'll never have a problem with that. <clears throat> right, right, exactly. And um, I still, it, it, it's like one of those knives that when you look at it at first, you're like, oh, that's really a good looking, very attractive knife. You know, slab handle, my car to handle. The one, the one that I really like is is six inches long. Is the blade is six inches long, and it feels like. It feels like a 10-inch chopper, and yeah. it, it performs like a 10-inch chopper. It's amazing what that knife will do. I uh, am in the process of teaching my wife and my daughters to shoot, and I'm thinking of buying them a 177 caliber BB gun, but I want to buy them a good one, not a bullshit one, and I don't want to buy one that has the tank that I have to have a scuba tank to fill up. Ooh, that's what I want. I know, but those are those like those are thousand dollars. Yeah, those like are thing. real air rifle. You can shoot wild boar yeah. and deer with those. Yeah. That's what they use in England. Okay, you so shoot those. here's why. Here's why. Okay, every morning there's all these. And one just flew by right now, which which brings to mind the reason why I want to zap these crows. Yeah, some you know, they're wily. Yeah, I know they hunt, they hunt those up by us. Well, and they, they they call them in and they try to get. And yeah, they're I know. Difficult to hunt. Well, and what we used to do is uh, uh, you'd find a roadkill deer. Yep. And you'd drag it out in a farm field. Yep. Uh, that you had a house by, and you'd snipe them out of your window or whatever because they'd all end coyotes and stuff. Right. But I don't. I never shoot coyotes. The coyotes are my favorite. I like. I like the. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the brand name of that rifle. It has, a, it has a, a tank on it, and it's what is it called? Oh no, you're thinking of um, if it's a if it's a tank that you have to fill up with a scuba tank. Yes, uh, I'll post something in the show notes. But I was actually so close to buying one, but I don't have a scuba tank. I got one. You can't. I've got. Well, I know, I've got some now, steel but I, before I lived in uh, I lived in Iowa. I didn't I've got. Live, I lived I've got 14 hours. Two or three steel 72s that would be perfect for filling those up. Okay, well. You know, maybe we'll look into that, but I, I'm going to bring out my air rifle here in just a minute, 
I'm going to show Jim. I have a 22 caliber RWS that Ooh, thumps shit. I like that. And it's got a... I mean, I have it dialed in. This is a very good precision rifle, but it's not... And it's the it's a single cock spring right. mechanism. Right. So, but you think that's the, too much for them? For them, uh, it it has a little recoil. Hmm. Uh, what I want to do is I just want to get like something that is easy mode. I tell that you, they what, can learn to shoot on. I my kids learned on a uh, a chipmunk, a single shot twenty two, no magazine, yeah, just a safety, I, a bolt action. That's it. One shot, one bullet at a time. You have to load one bullet at a yeah, time. Yeah, right. Well, and it, you know, the, the issue being the noise, which brings me to the next thing. Michigan is a silencer legal. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to set up a trust, uh, and I'm going to name beneficiaries to the trust. Because the problem is, is if I buy a silencer... And I pay the the license on it. I can't pass it down unless that person also lives in the same state and pays the license. Right. And I don't know all the legal. It's like two hundred. I think it's like a two hundred dollar stamp. Two hundred and fifty dollar stamp. But then, um, you know, which is fine. You know, no problem. But uh, I want it to be that a trust owns it, and you name beneficiaries so that anyone who's a member of that trust. Can have that silencer and you know whatever, and I'm sure it gets more complicated from there. I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it. I've never talked to a lawyer about it, but I know that's. I think you're going to want to set up a trust anyways. Yeah, but those are different things. But a trust for the silencers is another thing entirely. I would rather teach them on a live uh, Ruger 1022 with a silencer on it. One of the things that's that's, uh, nice about the about the single shot 22 for some reason people consider air rifles toys and yeah. and they end up getting treated like toys rather than a, a firearm right and and when you have a a 22 caliber bullet that you're putting in every time and it could be you could get 22 caliber CB caps yeah and and they're not near as loud and you can but you still have to you still treat it like a firearm yeah, and so there's a there's a mental thing that goes along right. with that, <clears throat> and the kids tend to respect it a little more. Yeah, than than if it was a toy. I, I know, like I said, we. I think I still have my kids' chipmunk. Well, and I can I can always. I mean, they're not very. They're really. They're, and you they're get 150 pink bucks. You I know, and, and I actually almost <laughs> bought one last Christmas, but <laughs> I, I didn't end up pulling the triggers. Pardon the pun. So you could put a you could put a bullet trap in your basement. Well, and then and then you see. Yeah, caps. but then you get into the lead issues, and I, I I can shoot. I can set up a firing range from there back into the backstop, which is right over there. So Where I can have a tank. Them, no, uh, off to the other direction. They're not going to shoot at the tank. No. But um, anyway, uh, you know what you're going you know to need in this on this porch in wintertime. What this porch? What they make a they make Isenglass. And they enclose the whole porch with Isinglass. Oh, so uh, you can sit out here and smoke viscally. cigars. Yeah, well, it's thick, heavy stuff. Mm. And you and it, and it'll cover everything up. And then right there, where your porch is, you have a door. Yeah. And so this will be a completely enclosed porch in the wintertime. Right. And then you could put like a one of these little small space heaters. I'd have to have somebody do that though. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You don't do it yourself. You, they have companies that come in, they make them special, right? And they have they have special hangers, and they you attach it on, and they're they're not hard to put up. A lot of people do that because what uh, happens is I'm going to make somebody else do it. I don't have time for this bullshit. What 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 what's nice about them is in the winter time when you open your door up, it gets cold in yeah. the house. Well, that's like another layer of protection right. stopping the wind from well, so, inside your house. So the guy that built and designed my house was the building instructor for Grand Traverse County. So all of these issues of needing an air stop have and a mud room and all that have been solved. It just means that we won't use our front door. Right. We will use the garage because then you have the garage, then you have the mud room, right. and then you have the house. Right. You know, so... I'm, I'm not so concerned about that particular issue, but it would be nice to have a functional porch. I just, I'm not messing with it. Like, I'm going to hire somebody, you have somebody to do it. somebody do it, but it would be nice because you have a nice view and you'll have a great view in the wintertime. Yeah. This will be beautiful right here. I mean, it's beautiful now, but it'll, when it's all white, it'll be cool too. Yeah. That damn dog. <laughs> the only time any picture should ever be taken of Jim's uh, hound dog is it from one of those homemade crates <laughs> that you see on, like, Animal Rescue and Sarah McLaughlin has this very sad song playing in the background. And, uh, you know, she's trying to get your money. That's the only time you should ever see a picture of that dog. And he just flashed a, a picture of me. He, he, my daughter, my daughter was feeding him tonight. And so she walks into the house and she sends me a picture and he's sitting in my chair. God damn dog. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a funny thing. What else do we know of, about <coughs> knives? So we at least we got the grinder next week. Oh yeah, yeah, people. Sixty people. Yeah, and then I heard people. I heard the September one is almost full already. Yeah, so if you're gonna if you're gonna get in on one of these, which I would suggest, guys, if you've not ever done this before, you need to do it. It's seriously, you'll get a really good understanding of of the process of putting together one of the one of the best production knives made in America. Yeah, this is hands down production. It's a mid tech. It's it's hands. They don't they don't make production knives. They make mid tech knives. Okay. And customs. I mean, Some of there's they'll do like one or two knives per run that have like segmented handles and yeah. all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So they do customs and mid-techs. They do not do production knives. What would you call it? They do them in batches of 300. It's still mid-tech. It, because the quality is different and the processes are different. They're still all handmade. Yeah, they are all By handmade. guys that have a lifetime of experience yeah. doing that. Yeah, they are. It's not a production knife. It's a mid-tech. The very least you could say is it's a mid-tech. And they do a certain number of knives per run that are custom. Yeah. Period. Yep. I'm sorry, that's a custom knife. Yep. And so if you get, uh, um, you know, if, and if you care to buy some, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because you can you can literally draw out your whatever you want to build on a blank, mm-hmm. on a flat blank that's been heat treated. Yep. And cut it out, grind it out, do it, and do it right from scratch. You can make your own design. Your own design. I've done that both times. Yep. Yep. Well, it's two or three of my prototypes have been done like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a great spot to do that. The other thing it does, even if you only make this one knife, and you're and you're a, a, you'll become a fan of this company because 
their knives, you get a really good handle on what goes into making their knives. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, there's there's not very many that are like that. Well, and if you're somebody like me who has an ounce of savvy and 15 pounds of stupid, you're, you're going to go there and you're going to figure out everything that they're doing. Yep. And you will be able to set your own knife shop up. Yep. Provided you're willing to spend the capital yep. to set it up. You, I now I mean, have really, a knife shop that does exactly what they do. Really, what... what what you need, if you're going to set up a knife shop and do it the way they, they do stock removal, you'd need, uh, um, obviously, you need the, the steel for the blanks. And if you're going to do your own the heat treating, obviously, you're going to use a card, uh, a, um, a carbon steel, yeah. you know, that you can that you can heat treat and, you and can oil send it off to Peters. Yeah, or, you know, any number of the guys that are doing some of the other, the other steels. But then you have, um, like, like my neighbor will do. He'll do salt bath on all kinds of different kinds of stuff. And but uh, you need That's a buffer. Randy Buckmaster. Yeah, you need a you need a buffer. You need a grinder. You need um, cutoff tool. A cutoff tool of some kind. You need a drill press. Yep. And, and really, that's it. Yeah, and that's and and then you can expand on that. You need a vice. Yeah, you need yeah. a bunch of clamps and C epoxy clamps and some epoxy. Yep, and uh, and I tell you, it's, well, it's it's actually fun though. I mean, the whole weekend is a very fun weekend because what you do is you show up on Friday night and there's a big get together, kind of a meet and greet, big party, lots of good food. Usually, right. you know, some kind of. I mean, it it, it depends. I mean, we've had uh, steaks. On on Friday night, we yep. had beautiful steaks on Friday on night grill. on the grill. Flame and yams. Yeah, yep, yep. Beer, booze. You know, bring your own, obviously. But there's, I think there's beer there usually. Yeah, people bring their own. <coughs> and then, and but pe- people bring their own booze, cigars. Um, you know, I mean, it's just a, it ends up being a really nice get together. You get to kind of get the handle of, you know, who's there and 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 meeting people and. And then Saturday morning, you, you you show up bright and early. You get on your you get your little box of stuff to start with, with safety glasses. You get a safety you know a mask. A, uh, you get a safety brief, and uh, have at it. You knock it out. And you knock it out. And, and you, you can, can build. By the end of the day, you're having a, your own handmade knife yep. that you made. Yep. And yep. you can make as little or as much as you want on it. There's oh, there's. The whole staff is there to help you. Yeah. And if you're having difficulties with something, you know, there's always somebody there that can help you out. Always. Now, so uh, Jim and I are technically staff on this. Uh, did I read right that uh, we theoretically have rooms or should yes, I just we're all get set. my no, own? No, no, okay. no, we're set. All right. We're set. We're staying at, at uh, somebody's house. Okay. Well... The the point being is if it wasn't I I don't need somebody to get me a room right yeah no no now listen where you need to go uh, if you're if you're coming in and somebody isn't getting a room for you and where I have always gone is the Sunset Motor Inn which is r- like literally right on the turnoff to go to uh, Bark River yep and it's right next to a great spot to have breakfast it's the family whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 
else do we know? So we talked about that. Uh, we talked about the fact that now my Gerber machete that you buy at Walmart has like 15 dings in it. No, and it's not just a ding. It's like the entire the blade. Whole, it's like you it's took like the whole aluminum. grind line rolled over. Yeah, you <laughs> took an aluminum can and like bent it back and forth everywhere where I hit a tree. And I did not hit a rock, okay? I'm no. not fucking stupid. No. But you know what? what's, what's interesting about that? And I don't even know why it's ground like that. It's like it's somebody. Way too thin it's like right somebody now. was on drugs when they ground those. It could because they 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 don't have the profile of a machete at all. They've got the profile of a freaking right. like a like a chef's knife. Yeah, you need to have that like that a thin edge like that will work provided it's convex. Right. But well, this is this a is thin, like a hollow grind. <laughs> yeah, this is like a thin hollow grind. You know, to it's fix like that, you're gonna have to take that whole back. I'm not fixing it. I'm going to throw it out, and I'm going to use you the freaking... Take that whole back, grind it all the way back, grind all that grind line back, and then convex the balance. Oh, on. screw them. I'm just going to I'm gonna take the shit. You know, and that was kind of machine. interesting, too, because that's like a saw blade. I mean, it was. Yeah, it looked like it was a saw blade. Back. It was actually a pretty well... You they know, just did the grind. There was a guy that I met, uh, would have been, let's see, south of Traverse City. That made... Oh, excuse me. He was making knives. And what he was doing was he was taking bandsaw blades. For, we have a lot of lumbering operations. Yeah, yeah. Bands, took a bandsaw yeah. blade, and he made a knife on the one side and used the bandsaw blade on the other side, the, the cutting part. Yeah. And he was making, um, ni- uh, basically, they're a, a machete for for deer hunters yeah. so that they could clear their Being shooting lanes. And stuff, yeah. Yep. And, and you could, if you ran into something that was too big to cut, you could use the little saw on the back. And he was selling the snot out of them. Yeah, you know, and it's a pretty good idea if it's if it's done right and if it's executed right. Well, which which brings me to the Martin knives thing. Nothing wrong with those knives, okay? Get over the fact that there's a hollow handle. You don't have to put anything in there. Why? I would put stuff in. I put a you cigar. You can in there. if you want. I did a I did a video the other day about survival knives. I kind of talked about what we spoke about yeah. in the podcast. Right. And. It was kind of a, um, I mean, I, I just can't stand the term survival knife. I, I don't know what it is. I just can't stand it. It drives me crazy. And because it, because there is no real survival knife. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like okay, you know, if you're on an airplane and you're really in a survival situation, you're not going to have a And you're cutting out of the hole. Yeah, you're not, you're not freaking, you don't have a knife. You know, you've you got, you got to survive with your wits. Right. You know, if you're on a canoe trip and your shit gets washed away, all of a sudden you're a freaking survival knife if it's not on your waist. Oh, wait, you're camping, that's right. You're in a canoe and you're camping. So you've got a big knife on you. You know, we had a, we had a couple of uh, ladies get, they went missing for two weeks this spring up in the UP. Did they go to Vegas? No. <laughs> God damn it, you always take it way too far. I have to bleep that out. You don't have to believe that out, because they made a movie about it. You know? They made a movie about it. Just calm down. I'm appealing for calm. Appeal, appealing for calm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So so anyways, what they ha- what happened was they went in this seasonal road. It, it, had, it was in the spring, and it started warming up. And Kathy and I go up there quite often when it's that time of year, because you can get, you can find, like, like, cabins on the lake, 
and you could, you don't have to pay like eighty bucks or sixty bucks or something like that, and you get a nice cabin and a you know stove and refrigerator and stuff in it. Well, apparently, the, and then you kind of drive around and look at stuff. Well, apparently, what these guys did was they were they were coming to Saint Ignace from I think Green Bay or something like that, and they ended up on one of these seasonal roads. They got their car stuck. Somebody got curious. <laughs> and they were there for two weeks. They were there for two weeks. And all they had to eat was candy bars. <laughs> they just went crazy. They went crazy in the back seat. Right. But all they With had to the do... candy bars and, like, some melted snow and stuff. Yeah, that was it. That was it. No knife. They didn't even have a knife on them. Then they survived. So what was their survival knife? Their brain. Right. Yeah, like, listen, Jim and I can go out right now in my front yard and make a knife. Mm-hmm. I can find a knife in that rock pile yep. right now for sure, yep. and we'll be fine. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, let's I'm see. I'm appealing for calm. I'm appealing for calm. Let's see. What else do we know here? Uh, we've had a lot of knife content and a lot of manly content here. Jim's relighting his cigar. I got sick of mine. Sometimes, you know, here's how I smoke a cigar. I, I will smoke it, and then when it's no longer tripping my trigger, you know, I don't care if I smoked three puffs. If I'm not enjoying it anymore, I'll just throw it away. And I mean, mine, mine got towards I, the end, and I, I got sick of it, and I just threw it out. I love, I love a good cigar. And I don't, I don't want it to end. Now tell me that's not a no, good cigar. No, this is a great cigar. This yeah. is a great cigar. And I, and and what I found is that no matter when I when I come across a great cigar, I don't want the experience to end. And so I'll end up with freaking almost like with a roach clip. Sometimes I'll take my little saw <laughs> tool out and use it as a roach clip to, <laughs> yeah, to get the I, last little bit. Well, I and especially I, if it's not hot. If it's not hot in the end, you know, it's well, and that's why you get the big ring gauge. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, Let's see, what is going on? Hoopty, I got airplaced bearings. Oh, we talked about that, right, on the last podcast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, let's see, if you, I did a... uh got a lot of chickadees around, huh? Yeah, we got chickadees, goldfinches, purple finches, cardinals, tufted titmouse, and blue jays. Okay, so in the spring, early in the spring, you want to put your hummingbird feeders out, and you want to put your... Orange feeders for your Orioles. Orioles. Yeah. Okay. And oh, you can't forget what's in my fridge. Yes, I have yeah. mealworms for my yeah. Orioles now. Because what happens is we always did the grape jelly thing, and we yeah. get tons of them. Well, as soon as they, as soon as their eggs hatch, they build a nest right close to where you're at. As soon as their eggs hatch, they stop eating the high sugar content stuff, and they want protein. Yeah. So, and you know we. We never thought about it. It's like all of a sudden they just stop coming, and <clears throat> figure that out. They just move on. Well, found out that they like to eat mealworms. So if you put mealworms in your oil feeder, you know, make that transition from grape jelly to to um, uh, to mealworms. You'll keep them until the babies are are grown up. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So we're going to give that a shot. Well, and uh, the bird that I'm trying to attract or thinking about trying to attract is a wood duck. A wood like, duck. Because I, I may have mentioned it on the podcast like a year ago, and I may not have. 
because I was I was pretty I was uh, fairly paranoid about answering this or mentioning this because people would think it's crazy. Okay, so I was sitting in my office window uh, and in the tree outside of my office, and I'm talking my home office. It's a second story thing. A fucking duck flew up and landed in a tree with his little webbed feet on the branch. And he had red and checkered black and yellow and green and all these crazy colors on his head. And he fucking quacks at me and sat there for like five minutes and then flew off. And I said to myself, you have just had a hallucination. (laughs) There are no ducks who land in trees. Right, and I never told anyone. I may have briefly mentioned it on the podcast, kind of in passing, but I didn't talk about it. That's funny. like because I was afraid I was I had a hallucination, and so this spring my wife and I went out and we're walking through the park. This was part of me trying to lose all my uh, fat uh, because when I used to haul ass, I used to take two trips, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, and, you know, Iowa is a small state. If I stood cl- too close to one side, it might flip over. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so we're walking through the park, and I see these this pair of ducks fly by quacking, and they, and they fly like 90 miles an hour. You can barely see them. Very hard to sh- they're very hard to shoot. Right. They fly fast. And I see these pair of ducks that's clearly a pair of ducks, go up and land in a tree, and I'm like, oh my god, those ducks land in a tree. Did you get Did you get your camera? I, I had my cell phone, and I had Gretchen come up and look, and we were sitting there, and I took photos, lots of photos. And then uh, I put them on Facebook, and then I, I did research, because I had enough photos that I could finally figure out what this was. And then the next day, it flew up onto the very same branch in the very same tree in front of my office window. And it was unmistakably, absolutely, positively a wood duck and the same one. And then, like a week later, I found out from my next-door neighbor, oh, yeah, that's the wood ducks that always used to land at your house when the halls owned it. And so, so like, you want to you want to get them here? I'm sure. We, I, want I mean, we have here. Them. We have wood ducks here. Yeah, I'm I'm going to figure out what it takes to draw wood ducks because that that is, I'm telling you, it's one of the my favorite birds. When you see those suckers flying around and landing in trees and quacking around. Yep. Have you seen any bald eagles down here? Not yet. Not a single one. I did see a hawk going after my chickens down the road today, <laughs> and I shoot them away. We. Uh, we have we have tons of bald eagles by us, tons of them. I mean, literally. I a single you one you drive you drive up thirty one in the morning, when Kathy goes to work between Pelson and, and Mackinac, she'll see like two or three of them. Yeah. You know. And pileated woodpeckers too. That's one you got to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching. They're freaking cool. I haven't seen a woodpecker. It's the wrong time of year. I think. It's it's amazing. Oh, I saw wood. I saw woodpeckers. Uh, we have those. Uh, I don't remember what they're called. Bladder bags? You have down, downy. We have that's downy. Yeah, that's the one that has the ladder on the, the back, right? The red-bellied uh, looks like a downy. But it's got and a red the, head. No, the red-headed is a red-headed. There's three different woodpeckers that you... Well, 
four. No, well, you pileated, but those are way rare. So yeah. there's three that you're going to commonly see. There's the downy, the red-bellied, and the red-headed. And I'm going to tell you what. Red-headed are much less common than the other two, yeah. though. And we have those. We have yeah. those, and we have those two, the downies, and we have that other one with the ladder on the back. That's the downy, um, red-bellied. you got to get a bird book, man. And then the other thing that we, we have... Several pileated or paleated ones, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Pileated, because because it. they work over when they work over a tree. There is yeah. no and question. Like, <laughs> bam, bam! It's like a pile. It's like you can hear it three There's, miles away. There is no question about it. When you run across a tree and you see bark, it's, it looks like somebody was just hacking on it with a survival knife. <laughs> only worse. Only the, only the person with the survival knife knew what they were doing <laughs> because they rip out pieces. Unbelievable. Yeah. And if you've ever seen, do a Google search for. Uh, they're cool. Yeah, like pileated. They're big. They're big birds. Well, yeah, they're like a foot and a half tall. Yes. I got and some good pictures. And they take their heads and they're just like, bam. <clears throat> I got bam. some good pictures a couple years ago uh, at our house. We have some. We have some. Uh, they, they seem to like popple trees or trees that are dying. If they're attacking a tree, it the means tree, there's bugs. Yeah. There's bugs in it and there are. And they're, you know, they're not the ones that are killing the tree. The bugs are. Yeah. And they're just going after whatever's in there. And uh, and they they ripped up a couple of trees right by our house. And I happened to be home with my camera right there. And I got some fantastic shots of one of those woodpeckers right next yeah. to our house. Well, I've, I've seen them. I just haven't seen one here yet. Yeah. They're rare. Well, they're, you'll, you'll find them. You'll see them. They're, yeah, but they're, still, they're still rare. Yep. Now, uh, a pair of uh, a male and female goldfinch just left the feeders. That's probably our cue. Uh, if you are at all interested in my thoughts on knife handle design, I have a uh, post up on Versteg Blades. You can go to News and you can see I have diagrams and anatomical drawings and all these things. If you're interested in that, knock yourself out, take a look. Ignore it if you don't like what I'm saying. Listen, no harm done. Mm -hmm. uh, how do they reach us? Podcast. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. I guess I did. We did read that one about the Yukon Cornelius, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, podcast at knifejournal.com. You can send us an email. Podcast at knifejournal.com. Swing by the website, knifejournal.com. There's a, there's a forum there. Um, like us on Facebook. We have a, a Facebook page. You can friend us. We're usually pretty friendly. Unless you're, unless yeah. there's no in common friends and <clears throat> you're a Russian chick with dyed blonde hair and a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and a tiger in the background and a named Persian Natasha. Rug. Named Natasha. Yeah, yeah. We won't. We won't now, if, you that. if we're describing you and you actually are a knife nut, hey. You knock yourself out. You better get some more friends first. Yeah, find out who we like, friend them, and then send us a request. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of which, you know uh, Tim Zawada. Mm -hmm. I know someone who lives a mile from him. Oh yeah, who's that? Uh, the photographer that shot photos of me. Oh, what's his name? Uh, I'll have to I'll have to look it up in my phone. But anyway, he uh, he used to have a photography shop on Mackinac Island, and he used to shoot the Mackinac races. I might know that guy. You probably do. I think I took a class with him, actually. You I think probably Kathy and do. I took a class with him on the island. He does weddings. 
I, I, it's from Traverse the Magazine. Yeah, so anyway, I'm, you know, people are curious. It's the best of the best? Is that, is that the... Yeah, this sort of thing. I, I don't... I don't want to toot my own horn, but um, at any rate, uh, he knows Tim Zawada. Yeah. Tim Zawada made a knife part for him, mm-hmm. or not a knife part, a gun part, and he treated it for him. Mm-hmm. And then he made this photographer's brother a, 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 a Damascus knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim's Tim's fantastic. Yeah, Tim well, does incredible. And, work. and he acted like it was no big deal, and I'm like, no, that's Tim Zawada. <laughs> that's. Yeah, he's a he's a great yeah. knife maker, and he's doing. I mean, he's he's making he's making razors that he that he sells like for four thousand dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a worth more than my cooking. house. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, so you know how to reach us. Yep, uh, we're real easy to get a hold of. Yep. Uh, what should they do? Like us on Facebook or keep their friends. Oh, you know I'm going to add another line to that. Keep your knife sharp and your friends sharper. Right, right. And keep your brain sharp. And go outside and play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Have fun, guys.